All right, welcome everybody to episode one of Rim Grazers podcast. Uh, I'm going to be your host, Mac Ireland. Uh, I'm joined here by Brandon De Palma Far. Say hello to the people. What's up? Celtics are going to win the group. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I'm joined by Frank Smith. What's up? Hello, people. Hello, hello. All right. So, um, just to give a little background to people, since this is our first time doing this, um, I'm just going to say like where I'm from, the team I root for. And you guys just say anything else you want, but I'm not going to go crazy. So, like, I'm from North Jersey. Uh, my team's the Nets, so, like, you'll probably notice some bias sometimes towards that, but that's why I have these guys here. And, Brandon, you could go ahead and share anything you want to. Yeah, I'm from the same place as Mac. Um, I'm not a Nets fan. I'm pretty much, uh, I've been telling these guys that I'm kind of, I live in Boston now. I'm from New Jersey, but I live in Boston now, and I'm a Celtics fan. But, uh, I will probably have like reverse Celtics bias on a lot of things. I know <laughs> Mackie is aware of this. <laughs> like whenever someone says something good about like when Isaiah Thomas is on the team, I'd be like, no, nah, we're going to lose. <laughs> so yeah. I kind of have a reverse bias, but we'll be fine. I mean, I went Frank. to school for journalism, so I try to keep some bias out of it, but it's hard sometimes. It's so a I'm podcast. Sure you're it's to fine. Far. We're allowed to be biased. Go ahead, Frank. Um, I'm from west of Philly. Uh, only Philly team I like is the Sixers. Um, I kind of root for your guys' teams when we're not playing. <laughs> um, and yeah, somewhat disappointed in the team this year. That's about it. So, aka, this is an anti Knicks yeah. podcast. If yes. you guys <laughs> yeah. didn't catch the drift that was happening there. Yeah. Well, we want realistic no Knicks fans. If we get them on here, we don't, we don't need this. People telling me we're getting Zion, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. You heard Giannis is going there next year? <laughs> all right so this is going to become a bashing let's move on to the next thing <laughs> so the nba is planning a uh, a new bubble plan right and what they're going to do is they're going to centralize all the teams in um sounds like right now it's just going to be florida at the espn complex and the idea is that only people that are in a necessity will be included in this bubble. So obviously 15 players per roster um, that could float between 13 to 15, depending on like two-way contracts, things like that. Um, head coach is going to be one of them, three assistant coaches, three trainers. But it slowly becomes a lot more people when you start including medical staff, equipment managers. Um, then you got television production, including broadcasters. You need people handling the cameras. Um, you need clock operators. There's a lot of things that go on on the production side too. And then there's things that I think a lot of people seem to forget about when they talk about the bubble plan, which is cooks, hotel managers, um, a lot of outside things that you need to be able to have this bubble run correctly. Because these, I mean, these professional athletes, they have cooks who prepare their meals, whether it's for the team, some of them. Obviously, they have their own home, but most of the time when they're with the team setting, they have team things like this. So I just want to hear what your guys' input is on just this whole idea as a whole right now in terms of just isolating them. I think it's, I think it's a good idea. Um, did they say they, they weren't going to Vegas anymore? Like it's just strictly Orlando? It's, it sounds like it's just going to be Orlando. Obviously, okay. they haven't announced anything officially, but this has just been the breakdown so far. Okay. Um, 
I mean, we'll get into more of the formatting, what their plans are, but this is just like a breakdown of how many people are actually going to be involved in this thing. And like one of the major things is that they're going to need 15,000 tests mm -hmm. in order to keep up with weekly testing, which is kind of crazy considering um, how scarce tests were at first. I think they're still pretty scarce now. Yeah, but they are. It's not sure. better, but it's still obviously not there. Yeah, it'll also be interesting to see if they're using like, do you know if they have to use official medical tests like that the government approved? Because I know like we were just talking about Joe Rogan's podcast. He just uses like some other tests that hasn't been approved. But yes, it so works, I guess. I heard that they're allowed to outsource and have like a um, like a private company make the tests. And I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to do. Um, that's what they did with the, when they tested the Thunder players, the Nets players. I don't know what other teams they tested, but those are like the two big ones where um, a good amount of players were sick. But they, they outsourced to a third party for the test. They didn't come from government-regulated yeah. people. So Yeah. Uh, I, so my view on it is that I obviously want the league to start again um, because all we can watch right now is German soccer. <laughs> uh, and the only issue I have is like, I still don't understand what they're going to because inevitably someone's going to test positive again. Like I find it so hard to believe that not a single staff member is going to test positive on any of these teams. And the thing I'm confused about is what happens. So like when there's another Rudy Gobert situation and like just one person tests positive and then they're like, well, shit, that means half the league is going to test positive. That's the only thing I'm confused about. Are they just going to stop again and wait two weeks? Because then the season's probably just not going to happen. Yeah, I think if there's any sort of like delay or hiccup, it's just going to cause more complications. And it's like, where do you where do you go from there? Do you just cancel it at that point? It's like, why even start it? I don't, I don't know. And I think I think Mac brought this up when we were talking like off pot. But the big issue is like the coaches, like most of them are in horrible shape and are very old yeah. like it's like even like the assistants and stuff like usually the trainers are in pretty good shape but like the concern is not really the players i feel like most of the players will be fine it's more like everyone else and it's super i don't know it's it's just a weird situation obviously but well i should probably move this point up too it was the thing we were going to follow up with is like how realistic this plan is and as you guys are saying it's not um it's hard to really see if this is going to work because just going off of i mean brand you just moved back down the shore and you said there's a ton of people on the beach just just like passing by any kind of government guidelines and I, obviously the nba is going to take this much more serious and i'm sure the players want to play too so because it's their paychecks like they want to get paid but it's just all it takes is like one person not to follow something. And if they have, say, a ball boy down there, that's just is very careless with yeah. like one thing, you know, he, he passes the ball. You, you never know who. And then that player now touched their face or something and didn't know. And like, it's just a whole domino effect of just like, there's so many people involved that I think people are forgetting. It's not just the 13 to 15 players or the five players out on the court, like there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people are just not really accounting for, which 
I don't know. I, how realistic do you guys think it is that it will actually play out okay? I mean, the one thing that's made me feel somewhat positive about it, well, two things. One, I just got a notification that the NHL said they're just going to start at the playoffs if they if they can. So, like, their plan is just to start with, like, an extended playoffs roster, like, so instead of 16 teams, like, 20 or 24. Um, my whole thing, though, <laughs> like I said, I was watching German soccer, and it's weird watching with no fans in these giant stadiums obviously and it's like you can hear all the players talking which is super interesting even though i can't understand them um but they don't have anyone on the field and like the players aren't allowed to touch each other's hands and like they have all these weird rules that like the game is just normal and then everything outside the field like they usually have ball boys lined up all up and down the field kind of like the nba like there's just ball boys under the basket but they're just not there. They just have balls placed there. And then if a ball goes out of bounds, a ball boy runs on the field, grabs it, washes it off, and then puts it back in a different spot. And it's like, it's it's possible for like the game stuff is going to be fine. It's it's just, I don't I don't know how much I trust all the staff and players to do it. There's a lot of contact to do with basketball. And you're not, there's not a lot of like, padding or anything you know like there's nothing really between you and somebody else besides a piece of fabric that you wear yeah you know? and like, you can't wear a mask it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly skin on skin yeah whereas like with baseball obviously everybody's touching a baseball but you're pretty far apart um hockey i mean i don't know what they're gonna do but you could technically i guess wear like a face like shield kind That's of thing true. that might help actually they should probably um, force them to wear face shields yeah, yeah things like that i mean football i don't know if they might be able to do something like that too with their helmets like it's there's a lot of ways around that i feel like with other sports whereas with basketball it's like you're right on top of each other the whole time so there's a lot of you know not trust going into that everybody's going to be safe and doing what they need to be do doing that's that's exactly why i kind of like brought up that soccer example because i feel like they're the closest in terms of that aspect where it's just yeah you're all like it's all just skin to skin and like there's mm-hmm. you can't wear soccer make soccer and basketball players like wear a mask or stay far apart like it just it doesn't make any sense but you guys think right. they're like you guys were talking about off off stream um like the ball boys you think there's any out of their minimum personnel that they want getting tests and being in the stadium, you think there's any that they could like cut down on? Like you were saying, maybe the players could just grab the ball instead of having like extra people doing that job specifically, just to cut down on like the minimum number of people that they have touching and being in contact with people. I mean, that's what I was thinking. I like, you don't, I I feel like they don't need ball boys. Mm -hmm. They don't, I mean, if they have three trainers down there, I mean, the trainers, I mean, obviously they got to stretch their guys before pregame, but again, these rosters are huge. A lot of these guys aren't even going to play in these, at least in the playoff games for sure. They're probably not going to get an opportunity to play. So, like, I don't see, like, why they can't just have those guys be the people doing something like that. Um, Stats, I don't know why they would need somebody in the building for that. Maybe they can separate them further rather than having them at the table, put Mm -hmm. them up in like a booth and have them just call down if like you need to correct something on the floor in order to get like a guy out of the game if he has too many fouls or or whatever. So like there's ways around it. And I think that's what the league is probably talking about right now is how how can they do this in a way where people aren't just all on top of each other? Because normally you got 
tons of people just on that side by the teams, like at the tables too, along with the PA announcer. Maybe the PA announcer doesn't even need to be down there. Maybe they could just put those stack guys and everybody up top somewhere. Like, I don't know. Yeah, they're going to have so much room with no fans being there, so they could just separate them into different sections for sure. Yeah, they could all just be six feet apart in the stadium, yeah. and, and they're all going to be wearing masks too. That's the other right. thing. Like, the players are the only ones that aren't wearing them. And exactly. even on the bench, maybe they will. I don't know how that works, but... I mean, yeah, it should I, be interesting. It's definitely going to be weird yeah. if and when it comes back. They can just get the bare minimum just to cut down on how many tests they need. It's just all positive they can do that yeah. well even the testing is kind of worrisome mm-hmm. yeah like uh, we we know testing in professional sports leagues is not the best no. <laughs> very clearly people <laughs> falsely test negative or positive on stuff all the time so i don't know it's it it doesn't seem possible in my head i i don't see why they wouldn't try um but as we're going to get into later, it also like just cutting out some teams is a really weird concept to me mm-hmm. that I'm struggling to understand. Well, but. we can go into that because I mean, we're going to talk about format, but I think these formats will be based on whether they need to play exhibition games that would count against teams that are not in the playoffs. So, for example, um, bottom feeders like the Timberwolves, or um, pretty sure the Knicks are pretty far out. The Hawks aren't doing so hot. Teams like that, um, I mean, I, I messaged you the other day. I didn't think that they should be included in this. And to some people, that seems so ridiculous. But to me, like my thought on it was like that if they they really want to cut down on the possibility of this thing spreading, just eliminating those teams, which could be 10 to 14 of them, you're eliminating so many people that like we have listed here so that's a pa guy that doesn't need to go down there for an extra game or um that's three more trainers three more coaches all together like two teams playing against each other that's 30 players that don't need to be there but again it's it might not even really be the players that are the the real issue it might be the people outside that interact with the players so yeah, the other thing we didn't really talk about is that Disney said they're reopening soon. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> so I don't like. It's not like they're going to be like quarantined so far away from people that they can't find other people. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's going to be weird for sure. I mean, I think a lot of the guys in the NBA have already got the antibodies. Not that we know that that keeps you safe, but like obviously, like half of the Nets roster and like the Jazz, like you were saying, all those teams that played each other. And that like week before that, before the virus got like crazy here, a lot of those players are going to have antibodies. Um, so I don't know. The whole thing's weird, but we should definitely talk about these uh, potential restart strategies. Because <laughs> yeah, so I mean, <laughs> so right now it, it's it's laid out up until the playoffs, and I think that's when people don't know what's going on. So they're gonna they're gonna start having guys start flying down to orlando i'm pretty sure is where it is right yeah i think so yeah yeah so they'll be going down to orlando um they're going to i think they said they're going to quarantine for like a week or two but they can do self-workouts or something i don't know somehow they're going to get practices in some kind of way 
then they're going to start doing basically training camps for three weeks. And that's where after that it gets kind of fishy. So like they can head into a week of exhibitions, which I'm pretty sure they're going to do because guys haven't played in forever. So that kind of makes sense to me to get a week of game under them. And then after that, it would depend on how they do the playoffs. So um, one way is to just jump straight into the playoffs the way it is now. So, I mean, it's just no innovation, nothing. It's just the same old East and West, the top eight teams, and you see them out, and then you play through the playoff seven-game series. Um, I don't know what you guys think of that, if they should just stick to the normal, or um, I can go into the next, what they could possibly be doing. I mean, I know you guys know this, and I'm sure the listeners uh, will definitely get to know this. I'm very much a fan of switching it up. Like, anytime they suggest different schedule things, I'm like, yeah, do that. And usually Mac and Frank are like, no, that's, that's a horrible idea. There's no reason to switch. Um, like when they were talking about the in-season tournament and shit. Um, so the one thing that I would be concerned with, um, I just, like, really don't want to cut, like... We'll get into it a little more in depth, but there's a lot of teams on the fringe of the playoffs, at least in the West, that are like a game out. And cutting them out seems super strange to me. That's that's the only thing that like rubs me the wrong way. But and the other thing is, I mean, when you're saying exhibition games, are you saying like so do those games they, affect the standings at all? Yeah, I don't know I if wondering. the NBA would do that for like purposely have matchups to see if they could change the standings or if they would just straight up call them exhibition games where they don't count against your standings, but they are like tune-up games basically to get you ready. So again, it all comes down to what the NBA puts out there, which they haven't said much. Um, yeah, the one thing we know is that like the players, they need to play games before they just jump into the playoffs because the playoffs would be a shit show. If like, because I guarantee most of these guys aren't in game shape still. No, no. Like the all. only ones who probably are are like LeBron and Giannis. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. other than that, I I don't. There's not like all that many players that are definitely staying in complete game shape. Mostly because it's impossible to without playing. Like these guys haven't been able to even see other players other than I don't know maybe LeBron's secret practices. I don't know if you've heard about <laughs> that, but um. Like it's it's just impossible to stay in game shape. You can run as much as you want. It's just not the same. I'm kind of the same way. Like I agree with you, Brandon, saying like I think they could change it up, and I'm even the same way for that for like the NFL and doing away with like divisions and things like that. That's a separate argument, but um, I agree. I think especially the eight to eleven seed in the West. Um, I mean, my first idea when we heard about this like a month ago is I wanted like every team to skip to their last five remaining games on the schedule. And then it kind of gives some of those teams um, who are back like two, three games, even one game. I mean, the East is pretty much set. Yeah. So the East is set because Washington, the nine, I mean, they were out six, but like in terms of positioning in the East, they're all within a couple games of each other. So it'd be interesting to see um, if those would change, if they gave them those games. And like I said, the 8 through 11 in the West is the same way. I mean, they're only a few games back of each other. So I think giving them those few games to maybe reposition 
And like you were saying, Mackie, get them in game shape. If those exhibition games counted, I think you're kind of killing two birds with one stone there. It would be useful if they do that. That's a super interesting way that I actually never even considered. And like they could still limit the number of teams by just making it like, like you said, like if it's just their last five games, it mm-hmm. could be like maybe the last five games that they have left on their schedule against other teams that are yeah. in yeah. this playoff picture, we'll call it. That would be super interesting. That definitely a way to do it. But I do like how they're switching it up if they do this World Cup style. Instead of just breaking into East and West, you're kind of getting the top four best teams. Like, it doesn't matter where you are. So I'm, I'm a fan of that. Yes, so that's the new format that um, they sent out today to um, owners was to see what they thought about possible changes. One of them was a playing game. So they would have games that would just, you know, the bottom, maybe the six, seven, eight seed or the seven and eight seed would play it out with the lower seed to get in. Um, but the one that Frank just brought up, which was proposed, I guess, today, because this is pretty new, yeah. uh, is that they would go to a 20 team cup style tournament. And I mean, maybe Brandon should break it down more because he watches, well, I know Frank also watches soccer, but. I'm this is kind of new to expert. me, but it seems <laughs> yeah, very, <laughs> yeah. but this seems actually very cool to me is like they, so they took the top seeds and like they broke them down into groups or tiers and then they play within groups that has a team from each tier. So like I'll let Brandon explain on that a little bit further. Yeah. So it's, they're taking the top 20 records. Like there's no conferences, like conferences don't matter for this, which again makes sense because it's all mm-hmm. going to be bubble games anyway. So the way it works right, no is they take the top 20 teams and they basically, they're splitting it into five tiers. So they're taking the first four records, like Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers. They're putting that in a tier and then they're splitting up those teams into different groups. Um, so you can also look at it this way where like the top four teams are one seeds. The second tier of teams is two seeds. The next four teams is three seeds, four seeds, five seeds, right? And then they would randomly draw, which this is going to lead into so many conspiracies itself. If like there's a group that's like Lakers, Celtics, Rockets, Nets, Blazers or something like it's, there's just going to, you know, there's going to be one group that's nuts. But this is what always happens in the World Cup, right? There's always a group with like four countries that could actually win the World Cup. And then there's one group that's like the U.S. versus three countries that are horrible and we make it through which we also did because we're horrible. Um, But so the way it would work is they would take a random team out of those tops. They would randomly separate the the four groups by the top teams. And then the rest of the the group is randomly decided based on the tier. So there's a bunch of combinations for how it can turn out. But no matter what, it's always going to be like a top four team and then a five through eight team and so on, so forth through that. And I'm assuming the way it would work through this is each group plays each other once or twice. Um, twice. Oh, they're literally doing the World Cup. Okay. Yeah, not twice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, each each team in the group, like this is a possible group that could be drawn. It's the Bucks, Jazz, Sixers, Grizzlies, and Blazers, which I think would actually be super entertaining to watch. Um, so the Bucks would play all of those teams twice. They would all play each other twice. And then the top two records, I believe. Is that how they yeah. said? Up two, I think so, yeah. And then the top two teams, after playing each other all twice, would go 
advanced into the knockout stage, which then would just be the normal playoffs at that point. They say what the tiebreaker would be for the group stage? Uh, they said it would use their existing tiebreakers. So it would be head-to-head and then point differential? Is that the next? I don't actually know what's after head-to-head record, but... Um, might be. It's weird because they, the NBA does it so much differently when it comes to tiebreakers. So they'll do, obviously, head-to-head. And if it's not head-to-head, they go to... Um, division if the division is the same then they go to the conference record and then conference records i I think it's just like a coin flip or something it's crazy but it's yeah so it's can be way different for this yeah so i guess the way it would work is head-to-head record and then it's got to be point differential that's the only thing left because the rest of it's conference stuff and (laughs) i don't see how that's relevant for these groups so i guess it would be point differential which again would make it more interesting because teams like the bucks might not rest Giannis. like like if they're in the last game and they need to win and the grizzlies are tied with them to be the second team through what a world that would be crazier (laughs) is like it say they know where they are in terms of points too and points might be something that can save them do you is that a point where like Rather than Giannis sitting out when they're up ten, he's in trying to get them up more. Like that, that's what I'm saying. Does that makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that, they would crazy. make him play towards the end. And the other thing that's super interesting to think about that uh, this happens in the World Cup. I don't know if it will happen here, like in a basketball sense, but teams will lose their last game or last couple games. Like if the Bucks and Jazz are tied, and they're going into the last game they both already made it through they clinched the playoffs like let's say the bucks are the one seed in that group and they know that all of the one seeds are just way worse than them they might try to lose and become a second seed Hmm. so for example if like there's another group where the heat and lakers are one and two or let's say the heat are one the lakers are two a lot of teams might just lose so they don't have to play the lakers until the finals yeah which is just so cool. people know what we're talking about. So the tiers are broken down. So tier one is obviously the one through four seed overall throughout the NBA, and it's Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers. Tier two is then uh, five through eight, right? So that'd be Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, Heat, and then it would be nine through. I'm getting very lost now. So it'd be Thunder, Rockets, Pacers, Sixers. Tier four would be Mavericks, Grizzlies, Nets, Magic. And tier five are those teams on the outside looking in. And you'll notice how much better the Western Conference is when I say this. It's going to be Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, because the East is trash and no one else had a good record to get into that. So they're going based on overall records throughout the league. And then they put those 20 teams into this style. And honestly, I... just looking at it, I think this is actually really cool. And this actually might be something I would like to see past just this season. Um, again, we got to see it like, actually play out first. But right now, I'm pretty excited if this is something they pick. Yeah, this would be a great way to do it. And, and this is another way, too, of like giving everyone a chance. But like the top teams are still going to be the ones who make it through. Yeah, because like the, none of these the teams are making it through are having a bad season like the only team i would consider on this list that's pretty like 
pretty bad would be the Magic. And surprisingly, they have a better record than all those teams. But the Magic, I think, are really just getting into the fact that they're in the Eastern Conference. Um, the Nets have had their up and down season, but I, I feel like that's mostly due to injuries. But you could also say they're probably another team that probably wouldn't make it. But like the Kings are having a really good stretch there right before everything shut down. The Spurs, they're always hanging around. Although this year was pretty like pretty down for them. Um, the Pelicans and Blazers were both fighting for that last spot. And I know the Grizzlies were slipping a little bit. So like Brandon said, like this would be a way to compromise those teams that were performing well and doing well at the end of the season and give them an opportunity to actually get in and uh compete yeah and it's interesting like so this is what i was saying like some of the groups can turn out really really strong and some can turn out bad like a possible group could be the raptors nuggets pacers magic and pelicans like the magic and pelicans can actually make it into the last eight teams with that what's even crazier about this whole thing is some of these teams play a lot different than others so like playing a certain if you're if your group turns out like perfect for the matchup that you need you can own the group and like that might be such an advantage going in like the rockets not having a center playing perimeter based teams or teams that don't really have a lot of interior force so like Clippers, like they, the they don't have like the greatest centers, you know. So like that's that's the. I mean, their perimeter defenders are amazing, so that would be annoying. But yeah, or like the Sixers, if they end up in a group with the Rockets, right? Joel Embiid's just gonna eat all day. So like, yeah, <laughs> theoretically. So like can. playing sure. if the Rockets got in with like the Lakers or something, yeah. I so yeah, the Sixers Rockets thing isn't a realistic thing due to the fact that they're tier three, but. I guess the Lakers would be like an example for that. Although we did watch the Rockets beat the Lakers like the day yeah. after they traded uh, Capella. So yeah, it would definitely know. be interesting. I honestly forgot Capella wasn't on the Rockets. <laughs> the season's <laughs> been so weird since that happened. Um, yeah, so this this style, then the top two from each group goes into a playoffs, and then I'm assuming it would be like seven games. Um. Uh, so I, I guess once they eliminate people, yeah, it would just go back to normal seven game series, right? Like it, it would bracket out. So wait, dude, how do they bracket it out? Based, it's based on how you performed, right? So then they would just seed them. Well, that way? I don't. I'm not finding it in this article, but the I'm way that it works groups in the one World and two Cup, would like go together or something. Somehow. The way that it works in the World Cup is it's a random. Well, actually, this is how it works in the Champions League, but that's a whole different thing. So the one way it could work is what you're saying. It would start with the winner of group one plays the second place of group two, and then the same for three and four. Um, But the other way they could do it is all of the tier one teams are like jambled up, and then they're all playing like, like they just randomize, they do another draw. So it's just Mm -hmm. random top team of group one versus random top team, uh, random second team, you know, random second place team. Sorry, this is hard to explain with basketball because we've never like (laughs) seen anything different from how it normally works. But, I mean, it's good to explain this to people it, People who listen to this because they're probably all in the basketball too and they're probably like, what is this? Because, again, <laughs> if you try to explain anything soccer to me and like how any of that stuff works, I'd be confused. But now we're putting NBA teams on it and you're explaining it to me. Like, I'm, I'm actually understanding it a lot more. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, that makes sense. And it makes, like, this is why, like, the highest viewed things are the World Cup and the Champions League in the world. Because... 
you're watching like no days off you can yeah one no days off you can watch these terrible teams like let's say the kings for example not that they're well, i mean they're a pretty horrible franchise but you can see the kings <laughs> make it out of a group with the clippers and celtics mm-hmm. like they could knock off the clippers or celtics just by not losing to bad teams like if the celtics lose one game to the kings like it's already dangerous they might be out of the playoffs already i know it's it's super exciting and the other thing of note uh, i don't know by the way we're reading a ringer article which is where this was posted mm-hmm. um, by kevin o'connor and the one thing he said is it's also been considered that the tier one teams bucks lakers clippers and raptors get to draft their own groups wow which would be nuts. that would be insane so the bucks being it, the first seed well i'm assuming it would be like would it be the owner or i'm assuming it'd be similar to the nba draft i don't know who has the final say in that but i'm assuming because be i like, feel like that would also play into it too because there's there's some bad owners and bad gms out there Exactly. Like, like, if Vladi Vivat's picking, picking, oh wait. The thing can't. is, though, the well, top four teams of him picking shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that would be crazy. Imagine the fucking drama if the Bucks are like, yeah, we want the Sixers in our group, and like they pick the Sixers first. Damn, dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. Yeah. Like that would be insane. Well, I wonder if they would stagger it in a way so that way you can pick. Like, if they got the first draw on tier two teams, then maybe like. Uh, whoever's in the leader group two would have the first pick of the tier three teams. Yeah, and it as a way to compromise. Too. Yeah, but that because just, that way I mean, then you could like say they're like, oh, we picked. Uh, I guess the Heat would probably be like the weakest of those tier two teams. Then the Lakers would probably go after playing, like. Though. I'm probably say like the Pacers or the Rockets. See, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Like, no matter what, this is gonna enter. Like, this is gonna make those teams want to win so bad. Like, if you're on the Pacers yeah, this and you get crazy. picked first out of tier three, even though like clearly I'd rather play the Pacers than anyone else in tier three, which is the Sixers, Rockets, and Thunder. But, like, imagine being on the Pacers. They're gonna try their ass off to beat whatever team drafted them. Well, I'm just thinking about how good this would be for if they played a whole regular season like this because this would give so much incentive to be one of those top four teams because the idea that you can then draft who you're going to be playing is like, that's nuts. Like yeah, that, like, that would force the, people to play so much harder. The other thing that does is teams like the Nets, like if they were getting KD back theoretically, like the Nets are going to be the latest pick in their group possible. No one's going to want to play the Nets with mm-hmm. KD back, even if they don't know like how good he is. But like those bottom teams that had injuries the whole season, it also makes that yeah. much more interesting because like you can bet on like, oh, they're going to try and play KD and be horrible. Well, or... That's the thing why I like this too, was a lot of people were talking about like, why don't they give one through fi- or one through 15 a shot? And to me, a team, the worst team in the league, right? I'm pretty sure that's still the record is the Warriors. And they would have yeah. Steph, Clay. Draymond, Wiggins, like all those guys are all yeah, healthy. They would make it. That's ridiculous because <laughs> that's <laughs> you're just basically handing them an opportunity to win another championship. Especially now that they've all had rest too. I just to me that and then make everyone more else sense. is going to be rusty again. So like, right. yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why when you guys are talking about eliminating t- eliminating teams, like that's the only reason in my head that I'm like, yeah, you can't just. You can't let the Warriors back in. No, they can't yeah, have the yeah. worst record in the NBA and win the championship. 
in my opinion, I think this I mean, is like wouldn't. a perfect compromise to get those fringe teams, but also to get rid of a situation like that where a team that didn't play well all season do whether it's an injury or just performance doesn't now have a chance to sneak up on you because they were lucky enough to acquire somebody at the trade deadline and now they or like some crazy thing like that to happen. You can't let someone that played like trash all year have a chance and I don't think so. And it- and if we do, if they did like what Frank was saying, where they play five games and those exhibition games do count towards their records mm-hmm. or something like that, maybe they play five, 10 exhibition games each and the first five don't count, the second five do, something like that. It'll be super interesting because the issue with any of this restart stuff that's kind of unfair for all of the teams like fighting for playoff spots, like the Nuggets are ahead of, I mean, the Celtics are ahead of the Nuggets by a loss. Like they're not even they don't even have more <laughs> wins. They just lost less one less game, right? So yeah. it would be super and it's the same with the the Heat and Rockets. The Rockets can move up to tier two by winning one game. <laughs> so if they let teams have an opportunity to like improve the group they're in or you know, something like that, I, this would be perfect. Even if they didn't, I mean, maybe the Rockets should have played without a set. You know what? They could yeah. set it up that way, so that would be the teams that are closer in tiers are playing each other rather than just having it random, like the Lakers playing the Spurs. Where, yeah. like, that game isn't going to mean anything. That's true. That so that way, great. you know, like, have the Magic play the Spurs. Like, that would make a lot of sense. Because, mm-hmm. like, obviously the Rockets would much rather... Actually, I don't know. So, looking at these tiers, Tier 3 is better than Tier 2. Like, significantly. <laughs> yeah. yeah well that's due to the fact that the sixers have had i would say a bad season and pacers I'd agree. Yeah. missed old depot until what like all-star break yep uh i don't know what the heck's going on with the rockets they're just up and down all the time yeah like having and the but... thunder are very good and i don't know why the record is what it is honestly i that's feel just like they've the just yeah that's got to be. I mean, they're only one game back of the Jazz. So, I mean, it's Mavericks they're not, like, performing bad. Mavs are they're interesting, like three too. games out of the top four. That's what's crazy. The Mavs are interesting, too. I mean, they've had injuries. Luka's been out for a few weeks, and Porzingis has been out. And, and the Blazers just, would be a for-sure sleeper for Tier 5. Especially with Nurkic coming back, too. Yeah, I didn't even think... This would be awesome. It's I'm just, like it, 100% sold. On it's this. weird seeing yeah, the same. Spurs in here because I just really didn't expect them to even come close. Yeah, because realistically, <laughs> the Spurs were never going to make the playoffs, but no. somehow they managed to keep the streak alive. <laughs> <laughs> they always find a way. All it took was a pandemic to get it done. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but like, but I'm, I'm all for oh, this. Man. Yeah, this would be it, really it, awesome. Because I think it's a good compromise to at least let those teams that were fighting in just a few games out I to think get in as well. This is the perfect time for the NBA to do it too, because Adam Silver is very um, forward-thinking. Mm-hmm. I would say I like every change he makes. I don't have a complaint with. So this is one of those things where people year after year have this big debate about of whether they should change the seating or the way it works. An idea that, like, right now they have this opportunity to just do kind of whatever they want. Like, you should go ahead and tell them, like, yo, this is... I mean, the teams still have to vote on it, but I'm pretty sure 
that since 20 teams will now make the playoffs, if it continued this way, that a lot of teams would be for this because that's playoff revenue, that's tickets mm-hmm. sold, that's TV time. It's all this stuff that it benefits these teams more than it would actually detriment them. So I would say that like now is the time to implement it so fans also see it and realize um, how this could be a good thing for the league. Right, they're yeah. just saying we got to stay to our old standards. And it would be awesome, too. Like, uh, during a regular regular time, five years from now, they, like, adopted this, and they're doing it all the time. If they still are doing top 20 teams, if they set up the groups where, like, they do bubbles for these groups, like, let's say the first group that got drafted, right, they just send them to California. They all play in Staples Center. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know how they would do this, though, but... Yeah, That's because I think the, the way to get teams sold on it is to yeah. tell them they they have games that will be played at home. So that way they're like, yes, we will we'll do that because again, it's it's tickets sold. Like it's another opportunity to make money. So, but the yeah. travel now is not so. I don't think it's that big of a concern. Yeah, it's not. That's what I was gonna say though. That's like the one thing that all of these stupid analysts in the NBA are gonna say, like. The people who never want to change anything, they're going to come up with like all of these excuses. But like, there's really a workaround for like every issue you can come up and tell us about this. I feel like there's an answer to. Yeah. And they can, depending on how the bracket's drawn, like they, or whatever, the groups are drawn, like you can easily make it so that way, um, I guess like the Bucks are on a road trip where they play the Blazers, Jazz, Grizzlies, Sixers, and then they're at home. Or whatever, something like that, where they hit all these teams in a way that it's like that would be their path back home anyway. So I, I think they would find a way to do it. I think that's the concern that I was having with, like, if you combine and you merge instead of splitting the East and West is the travel. But I think, like you were saying, if they compensate and say, like, hey, you get a top seed, you get, like, home games for your group. That's another incentive. For people to get a top seat anyway if they weren't already trying but i think that limits the travel and it just just all good things i mean it just it kind of solves a lot of problems and it just it that just, would like, be another way to do it mm-hmm. depending on what tier you're in you I get think, more home games so like your tier five team you don't get any but yeah. again like that doesn't incentivize that tier five team to go for this because if they're not getting at least two games at home they're not it's all about money. So like the mm-hmm. idea that they're not going to bring in money from yeah, their true. fans for one of these games, I don't think the owner is going to go for it. I think I, the most convincing thing for this, now that I'm like looking at the teams at the bottom is allowing, like, I feel like this is going to be super good for small markets. One for what Max saying, like more playoff revenue, more teams make the playoffs, more teams are going to get a lot of people watching, but also it's going to reward like good ownership. Mm hmm. Like, it's yeah. going to be so much easier for teams like the Spurs to keep making money. You know, like, it's hard for the Spurs to make money, even though they're constantly, like, in the playoffs in the West for the past, like, I don't know, my whole life, I'm pretty sure, um, <laughs> until this sure. year. But <laughs> but it, it really gives teams that are, like, constantly, like, keeping, like, and even teams like the Heat, right? Like, the team, the Heat were never horrible. They're They're just, they're never, like, the worst team in the league. And I feel like teams should definitely get rewarded for that. Mm. And like the Blazers don't deserve to miss the playoffs. So I don't know. 
It's I'd... funny that you're saying this because all I can think about, and I don't mean to like keep bringing it up, but like, yo, I'm just thinking about the Knicks and how their ownership's <laughs> just so bad, dude. They'd be out of this year after year, and now they'd be missing out on money, even though the, the, uh, whatever, the amount of teams that can get in has been extended. They're just, they need to fix something over there. We can make a whole podcast. About Knicks that. Fashion we can, podcast. We yeah. shouldn't. Okay. <laughs> Maybe for another day. <laughs> um, yeah, I also like this just because it's a change of scenery. Like, if the first week games are like, uh, what would it be? Like, uh, Bucks Jazz. It's like, then they're playing, then the Bucks are playing like the Grizzlies. So you're not just watching them play one team seven, seven games. It's like they get to play a different team each matchup, and they'll eventually play them again. But I think it just keeps it interesting that you'll see a different matchup like every day. Yeah, I agree. So, hopefully, yeah, I'm, this, all, I'm all for this. Yeah, hopefully, this snowballs into like a new change, especially if this goes well. Which, I mean, I can, I kind of expect that this will. I mean, it looks really exciting. Um, but hopefully, it snowballs into something that they're doing on a regular basis, and they just change the seating. Well, again, Adam Silver has been talking about ways to change things constantly. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about mid-season tournaments. I mean, this year with the, I mean, again, it took something awful to happen, but they, he changed the All-Star game, which made it like 15 times better. better. Like, that was the best All-Star game I've watched in a long time. And it's like... That was the only All-Star game yeah, I've literally. watched in like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's things like that where seeing how he's done with, I mean, that's just one example. I think the lottery, the way he changed the lottery was a great fix because teams that were bottoming out just i don't feel like they deserve the opportunity to keep drafting high especially when they're doing a poor job of it whereas these teams like the grizzlies who've done great job drafting now they got their franchise guy at point guard and all the pieces around that that they've done a good job with like to me it just makes more sense not to reward losing and i think this only just adds on to that so I mean, I'm for it. I just, I just can't wait till our Lord and Savior Adam Silver turns this into the Premier League and there's relegations. <laughs> All we need is an expansion now, so we can watch the Sonics. Yeah, yeah, right. That'd be yeah. awesome. It, I think that's coming sooner or later, but that's again, that's a top for another day. They did get um, their arena is being renovated, Key Arena, and they will be getting a hockey team. Not Which is gonna, next they're going to be the craziest actually. fans. Yeah, so I mean, for that. once that's set there, they, they made plans to make sure that that arena can be transformed for basketball. Um, and like, I, I don't know if you guys nerd out on that as much as me, but like, I read shit on them like every other week trying to figure out what they're doing. Yeah, and like, this Seattle. is the most progress they've had in a long time because they actually now have an arena so yeah. they can go to them and say, like, we have a place for them to play. We just need the team. They already have a the logo, they have the name, state. they have everything else. They just need, literally, just the NBA to say, okay. They literally so. have, like, one of the most intense fans, especially Seahawks fans, I mean. Just... And, like, it's a basketball city. Mm-hmm. So, like, their fans would only be better than they are for hockey and soccer and football. Like, Seattle's, like, super well-known for being a basketball city. At least by basketball fans. Yeah, I mean they they produce some of the best basketball players from that. Like they all come from that area. So I know Jamal Crawford's probably one of the better ones. Isaiah Thomas is from there. 
I know there's a big one I'm forgetting, but I mean, everywhere you look, there's somewhere, somebody, I mean, even the program that they had up there, they have a program every year. That's really, that goes really well. The preseason game, they played at key arena. Honestly, I was wondering why they, why key arena has even been a problem watching that game because it was so loud. And like Kevin Durant was like their child. It was so weird. Every time he made a shot, it was crazy. Or no, that was last season, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that a was whole year. That was a whole wow. year ago. <laughs> yeah, no, they they need to get on that. I just don't know where their second expansion team would be. Las Vegas, baby. Seriously, <laughs> I actually yeah. don't want a team in Las Vegas, but it just kind of seems like <laughs> the obvious. Uh... Now that the Raiders are there, I mean, it just it makes sense. They could get a new team there, yeah. Yeah, not they, all. Got, they got the Golden Knights. Dude, imagine how crazy the Michael Jordan doc would have been when he demands a trade to the Las Vegas team. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, I need to look at this new setup again. I mean, yeah, that's the uh, issue. I just think we talk about favorites it. because yeah, because playoff predictions is impossible because this. the groups will be mm-hmm. random, theoretically, yeah. according to this. Yeah, so favorites make sense. I mean, I, I think. Obviously, I think the Lakers are still the favorites. I don't. I really don't think that's going to change. In my opinion, I just I can't see the Lakers not winning this whole thing. I would agree, but the the one thing about this group draw stuff, um, I think the Lakers are also the most susceptible to not making it out of the group stage out of the top four teams. Like the Bucks, Clippers, and Raptors are just way more consistent. The Lakers will win a game by sixty and then lose by forty to the <laughs> Magic. That's you so know? crazy. Yeah, that is very true. And wow. like, if they get a bad draw with like the Celtics and Rockets, who knows? Maybe the Celtics and Rockets just win every game, except against each other. Yeah, they can't tie. But you know, like, yeah, definitely... they got the Mavericks too, dude. That would be it'd be helpful. It would be tough. Yeah. <laughs> it could be That's tough for series. some of these teams. <laughs> Like that's why I feel like the Bucks will just kind of run over everyone. So like the Bucks and Clippers, I'm very confident would make it out. The of Bucks, I feel like, are the team that's built for this this group stage. Oh, they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, really, teams with depth are so like. That's why the Clippers and Light Raptors make sense too. Like, they can kind of just throw guys at you, and it, it'll work. I would the Sixers say, would struggle too. Yeah, we. Would. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying overall. I think, like, I think the Lakers. Obviously, assuming they get out of the group, I think they're the favorite to win the whole thing. I do too, and if not for any other reason than LeBron got a break, I will season. say this though. Depending on how they do seeding, I guess it it probably depend on how they perform in the group. If the Sixers get a top seed and they have their shit together, that's really scary. Because they've played awful all year and they finally like started not to completely turn around, but they, they've they been playing better. So the just, idea of them being a one seed going in and having performed well in a group stage like this would be terrifying. Having that home record and then just looking at how bad we are on the road, I still can't explain it. Like I, It's just some mental block. And... Yeah, um, it's just so. Help with that. No, it's just such an like an uncharacteristic thing to see. I don't know if a team's been like that lopsided between home and away before. In like yeah, history. I will say the 08 Celtics were pretty lopsided yeah. in the play. I don't know if you guys remember that playoff run, but they went seven games, I think, three times in a row because they only won at home. Like they were the one seed, but they only won at home. 
Dude, I didn't even think about that. That their issue is the play or uh, home and away, so the bubble might. That would screw. Them. Yeah, the I don't thing, know. The thing they might be out. The, the <laughs> they might thing, actually be out of the group. The thing is, for like, I think for each sport, the like the home advantage is different. So like football, football is definitely the noise. That's why Seattle. Yeah. Um, for basketball, I don't think it's noise. I think it's more of the scenery playing on your court. It, it's weird. I haven't really read into it, but it's not. It's not really about the fans as much. And I guess we just I can't. Think it depends on where you play. Some yeah. places it's, it and is like, like I think the Thunder, the home court advantage is yeah, them a it's lot. Huge. I'm not saying but that the fans don't, don't so play much. into it at all. The Nuggets do. probably the biggest home court advantage yeah. in terms of just like where they're located. Mm-hmm. The big thing for home court in the NBA too is like experience. Like that's why Ben mm-hmm. and Joel like they they get scared. Not that not that they get scared in big games, but like I think that's why they lose on the road so much. Just because like those two just sometimes just don't have it when they're not at home and they don't have like i feel like if i was at a game i could shit talk ben simmons into having a bad game oh you could whereas like <laughs> if i'm watching a lakers game and i shit talk lebron like he, he won't he probably won't even hear me no i doubt well, that man sees anything outside the court while he's playing i'll tell you i was talking a lot of shit to ben simmons during that playoff game last year and it worked I bet you were. <laughs> <laughs> it worked yeah it, didn't it? it did work a little bit but uh so I don't know. You might be listening. I think just yeah, uh, oh, go ahead. don't hurt us. But I think I think just going into <laughs> I think just going into this year, um, like the mental block I was saying. I think with Kawhi leaving and us signing Al and making the moves, whether or not they were good or not. I think like I thought this team on paper this year was better than what we had last year, and I think looking at they probably just thought, especially the younger guys who are impressionable, which I think Ben is more impressionable than Joe is. I think Joe is still, I mean, he's matured a little bit. I like his goofy attitude, but I think there was just like looking at the teams in the East. I think some of the young guys just said, oh, it's us and Milwaukee and like maybe the Celtics and Kawhi left. So it's just, I guess they might've thought it was going to be kind of given to them in a way. And they didn't realize that like, we actually still have to work and earn it. And I think that's where we go on the road and we're just like, just complete trash. Well, I think is like, I think, Jimmy has helped like every team he's been on. Oh yeah. Where it was sure. that what was it an eight seed Bulls team mm-hmm. that one year? Or was it seven? And they played the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I think he's a big part of them playing well. Minnesota only playoff run they've had in like the last 14 years was on with him on the team. Mm-hmm. Um last year at the Sixers they played really well. And now this year he's got the heat in the playoffs. I think people really uh sleep on him and like his impact overall just like team wise like actually getting people his maturity to play their best his veteran and just yeah like he, to keep people he's in just order. like a true leader like yeah, yeah just keeps people that, that in was, line that was a big team. loss sure. you know you know how you can tell he's one of the best players in the nba he's my wife's favorite player and she knows <laughs> nothing about basketball <laughs> <laughs> Every time someone asks who her favorite player is, she's like, Jimmy Buckets. And uh, for those of you who don't know, she's from Ukraine. So listening to her say Jimmy Buckets is the best. <laughs> Weird. Like, <laughs> this is, no one expects it. They're like, oh, I thought you'd say like Steph Curry. For Michael sleeper Jordan. teams? That might be one of my sleeper teams, the Heat. But I think the Thunder Mavericks are also extreme, especially the Mavericks, big sleeper team. Being in Tier 4 and just with the up and down again they just with injuries alone but i think 
if they get the right group, it's just I don't know how they're gonna stop Luca and Porzingis. Yeah, if I'm going like big sleeper, it's one hundred percent the Blazers for me. Cause mm. that that Blazers team is the same team that almost made it to the finals last year, yeah. you know? Like Yeah. If if uh what's his name? Nurkic? <laughs> Nurkic didn't get back, hurt. Yeah. Like that team kind of felt like they were gonna just go all the way. And like having Dame in the playoffs is just not fair. I mean, if we get Dame, how he was just, playing before everything got shut down, like three point percentage, and just, yeah, it's provided yeah, like that decent. scoring that they haven't they haven't had outside CJ and Dame, which yeah, so that's has been definitely a big mine, issue for them, I think. Of course, that's only if they did this bubble thing, because if not, the Blazers aren't in the playoffs. But yeah, and is Rodney Hood? Is he still done? He coming back? I don't. The injuries are confusing now. Yeah. I see. I think it depends on who you are. I mean, even I mean, Ronnie Hood's also not as big of a player. Like for the Nets, I know people keep talking about like Kyrie and KD coming back, but to me, it's not. It was never out this season. KD wouldn't have played right. this season anyway. To win a championship in this format, also does it. What does that do for him? I don't think it does anything really. We're just gonna have that asterisk next to it, like oh, you won in a year where like this all happened, and you even play in front of fans. Blah, blah blah. Like it's just gonna be this whole thing. So like, yeah. like to me, I, I don't think the Nets are gonna let him. I mean, I think they're leaving it up to him, but I'm pretty sure he's not playing. Yeah, and I don't think he's Rodney Hood would come back either. I don't. No. I don't. I really don't think anyone's gonna like. Like, even if the Warriors were in the playoffs right now, like, I don't think Steph's playing that much. Like, he's probably I starting feel like playing. But like, yeah. His thing was just the hand, though. I mean, I mean, it wasn't, it was like pretty bad injury. He had to have like screws put in and everything. But like, I think the clay thing that has a bigger opportunity for being much more long term if he got hurt again, rather mm-hmm. is the Curry playing minutes is not that as crazy. Yeah. They but yeah. Like clay. I, I think like the only team here with like the big potential for like injury, like um, what was I gonna say? Like, well, I can't think of where. Like big future implications. Yeah, I mean, there's one <laughs> word for it. But that that's you put it that way too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like the Nets. I think the Nets were probably like the team out of all these teams that has some crazy stuff. So. Yeah, I would yeah. just keep KD rested. And this is just a good year for some of the younger guys to get some more playoff experience like Karras and yeah, yeah, exactly. stuff like that. So I think that's what it should be used for. I wouldn't rush KD back even if he's ready. And he looks good for sure in the videos. So. But I would just be extra careful when you're dealing the with... The workout videos where Melo yeah. is still a Hall of Fame level player. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my big sleeper would be the Thunder. I don't like you guys were saying, I think it's just because they're in the West, but like they're just they're just really solid. They're just really good, and yeah, it'd be interesting oh, yeah, to see what the they same, can do. Like Chris Paul has like that same impact that Jimmy has. Yeah, like he like just being able to like lead guys and get them like set straight on what needs to be done to perform well. And Shy has just kind of blossomed into this like really great player. I mean. Because I think, I don't know, a lot of people really weren't talking about him last year, at least from what I've seen on the Clippers. And now he's in a role where I guess he's getting more minutes and just doing a lot with the time he's getting. 
Yeah, I agree. Well, I think Paul's got to help too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I think this like wraps up this this first episode. We really touched on just the return in the playoffs alone. Um, I think anybody who's obviously come and listen to this, we've been uh, doing this for an hour. Which honestly, we were talking about whether we get to an hour yesterday or not, and we said we should be able to pretty easily. we definitely did. We didn't even hit every topic we want to talk about. So next time we could probably talk about individual players or mm-hmm. um, depending on when play resumes or what happens with all this stuff, we can officially make an announcement on like what is going on. But for now, this speculation is pretty cool. I'm for this new playoff format. Sounds like you guys are too. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely down for this new playoff format. Yeah. All right, so we're just going to leave that at this or here. Um, tune in next time. We're going to be trying to do this once a week. It sounds like we all finally don't have any internet problems or any crazy stuff going on. So it's about time for that. So <laughs> we'll be trying to get more of these out. Thanks, everybody. See you. See you. Hey, guys. Post production Brandon here. Uh, sorry, we forgot to mention a few things at the end of the podcast. First off, uh, we're going to be releasing these every week. And you should definitely make sure to follow us all on social media. Uh, Mackie's Twitter is Mackie Ireland. You can follow Frank on Twitter at Sway Natra. That's S W A E N A T R A. And you can follow me on Twitter at, you can just search Zar probably, but at C Z A R D E P A L M A F A R R. And make sure to follow the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, hopefully more. We're also going to, we also have a YouTube channel and an Instagram. Uh, which will all be the rim grazers. Uh, you'll see our logo. It's a dude barely dunking, um, as is everyone on the podcast except me. But yeah, sorry for a few technical difficulties we had. We will definitely get them sorted out for next week. Um, but make sure to follow us uh, so you can hear the next pod a week from now. Have a nice day, guys.